0: Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. How do you fare in believing God's promises when things aren't going so well in your life and in the lives of those around you? It's difficult in challenging moments, isn't it? The human mind, the human heart, Certainly, wonder at many times, wonder what God is doing, why God is doing it, and when God might change it. When God might change it. Don't worry, the days are coming. That's the promise that God makes in the Old Testament reading today as He recalls the eternal covenant, the eternal promise. That he made to David, King David, that there would always be a ruler on the Davidic throne. And here are the exact words recorded in today's text. Behold, the days are coming. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise that I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch. To spring up for David. And he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Even in our day. We long for justice and righteousness. And not just fallen, broken, human, sinful justice and righteousness. Not just righteousness and justice in general. But justice and righteousness That is God's. That's something that we all long to see, or at least should. But as these promises come to Jeremiah, current circumstances don't look so rosy. So as God makes this promise through the prophet, the word of the Lord comes to him. Things around him don't look so good. First, the prophet is shut up. Locked up in the court of the guard. Why was he there? Zedekiah, the king of Judah, had imprisoned him because the prophet had shared words from the Lord that were bad news. Here's what was said. Behold, I am giving this city into the hand of the king of Babylon. That's not good, by the way. He shall capture it. Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape out of the land. Out of the hand of the Chaldeans, excuse me, out of the hand of the Chaldeans, the people who are invading. So the king's going to be taken off. But shall surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon and shall speak with him face to face and see him eye to eye. And he shall take Zedekiah to Babylon. So the king's going to go into exile. And there he shall remain until I visit him, declares the Lord. Though you fight against the Chaldeans, the oncoming army, the invaders, you shall not succeed. How do you fare in believing God's promises when things around you aren't going so well? When they're falling apart. Would you be able to hear this promise, truly hear it and take it to heart and believe it? About how the days are coming that God will keep his promise to David, when you would you be able to focus on that at all? When your country stands on the verge of exile, when your king stands on the verge of exile, when you most likely stand on the verge of exile. A Davidic king, always on God's throne, really, with the Babylonians right outside the gate. Do you know why things weren't going well? God's people had. Turned away from the Lord. They had turned to foreign gods. They were clinging to and worshiping gods who could not save. Who did not have a history of performing acts in human history that benefited God's people. Justice, righteousness were lacking. And that's a problem for us, too. How can we expect a God to act favorable to us? Considering that, just like those in Jeremiah's time, we often turn our back to God, even though he turns to us. Judgment is coming. The days are coming. The prophet would speak to us saying, here's what he said back in his context, but it's applicable today. Because of all the evil of the children of Israel and the children of Judah that they did to provoke me to anger, the kings and their officials, their priests and their prophets, the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they have turned to me their back and not their face. And though I have taught them persistently, they have not listened to receive instruction. They set up their abominations in the house that is called by my name to defile it. That's Jeremiah chapter 32. As you encounter disappointment, disease, death, disengagement as well from God's Word and God Himself and a host of other things on your doorstep, how can you be confident and how can you be joyous? How can you hold on to God's promises? when your whole world crumbles around you, and when you yourself are a mess. Beset by fear, doubt, apathy, whatever. Fill in the adjective. In this season of Advent, you and I have the benefit, the benefit of knowing who and when God raised up a righteous branch. A Davidic king. The one who would fulfill this promise that God gave in the time of Jeremiah. This Davidic king doesn't always look like we expect. In today's gospel lesson, this is truly a a reading for Advent. I know we're used to hearing it on Palm Sunday. But it's one of the few moments we have in the Gospels, where people truly acknowledge Jesus as the Davidic King. So the whole multitude of Jesus' disciples begin to rejoice and praise God as He enters into Jerusalem on a, on a colt. And with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, they say, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? They acknowledge it. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, in this historical narrative, he records the following cry of the crowd. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. That's from Mark 11. But you and I know the story. What did people want from this king? The context, right, in Jeremiah might seem to suggest that this is simply an earthly kingdom, right? That the Messiah is coming. That the Davidic king is coming to to usher in. Just an earthly kingdom, right? The context might seem to indicate that to us on a surface level. But God had so much more in mind. Something better. I know that's hard to believe, but something better. We heard this in the gospel lesson for Thanksgiving as Jesus stands before Pilate, that his kingdom is different. In that exchange from John 18, Pilate enters his headquarters and calls Jesus and says to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Tell me. Do you say this of your own accord? Or did others tell you that about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate answers, your your own nation, the leaders have handed you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus says, my kingdom is what? Not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, right? I'd be liberated. That I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not of this world. That's from John 18. And you might say, well, that's different than Jeremiah 33 and 32, isn't it? No, it's not. Listen to the context. This is before our text that we heard for today in chapter 33. Listen to what God promises. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel and rebuild them. Right, he's talking about the people. As they were at first. And here's what he says. How will he rebuild? I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me. Doesn't sound like an earthly king to me. I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me. And I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. And this city shall be a name of joy to me, a name of joy, right to God, fulfill his design and plan to me, a city of joy, a praise and a glory before all the nations of the whole earth, who shall hear of all the good that I do for them. They shall fear and tremble because all the good and the prosperity I provide. Think about when Jesus came to this earth, incarnate God, true man, and all the good that he did to everyone, good for everyone. And this this went just beyond the social gospel, guys, right? This is something that people pick up on, all right? Jesus was about feeding the poor, and he was about, you know bringing up those who were powerless and and all this kind of stuff. No, Jesus came to bring the rule and reign of God down to earth from promise to fulfillment, all right? And what would that look like? It would look like what was promised in Jeremiah to truly bring justice and righteousness to the world. Jesus did this very well. He demonstrated that God's justice demanded perfection. And what the law demanded, no one could do. No one. Not the rich young man, not Peter, not John. Go down the list. No one could do. No one, that is, but God alone. And that's what the king did. Day in, day out. And then what does he do? He gives his life. The righteous for the unrighteous. Jesus. You know what his name means? Yahweh is salvation. Calls sinners to repentance. Tells them of forgiveness of sins in his name. That God grants that freely out of love for them. There's justice, there's righteousness. Now God's people truly would be saved. God's people truly who lived with guilt, who lived with shame, who were dealing with disappointment and discord and death and all those sorts of things could rest securely. Because those things would not have the final word. As we enter the season of Advent in the face of discord in the face of disappointment, in the face of disease, in the face of death, whatever. Whatever malady that you're dealing with now. In the face of your own brokenness, right? Pre-COVID, post-COVID, whatever. In the face of your own brokenness, I hope that you draw confidence. Confidence and assurance that God kept His promise of a king for you, right? The people in Jeremiah's time looking forward, people in our time looking back to the promise kept. I hope you draw faith and confidence that God keeps his promises and sent that king for you who lived, died, rose again and never is to die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. This truly is a king who will rule and reign forever and ever. But not only do we look back at the promises that God kept, that Jesus fulfilled during his first advent, his first coming. We too, like the people of Jeremiah's time, look forward, look forward as well to the king who is to come, who is to return. I hope that you can't wait for that day. Sometimes we get scared. And I pray you know that hope and confidence of the forgiveness of sins, of resting securely in Him. I hope you know that disappointment, discord, diseases all those things, all those maladies, not only do not have the final word, they have no word at all at our Lord's second advent, at His second coming. No word, no say in the new heavens and new earth. Imagine the justice and righteousness then. Take confidence. Take confidence when you shall truly be saved and dwell securely without remainder. The days are coming. This Advent, there's a lot going on out in the world. A lot of negative things. As God's people, let's rejoice. We rejoice. The days have come. Right? This Advent, rejoice. The days are also coming. Amen. And may the peace which transcend all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.